Welcome to the Heart and Home Podcast. We're your hosts, Shannon, Ashley, and Jessica. We want to normalize mental health and show how it can affect all the different pieces of our lives and provide some solidarity and community. Thanks so much for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to another episode of the Heart and Home Podcast. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with Jessica and Ashley today, and we are going to talk about obsessive compulsive disorder, otherwise known as OCD. And none of us have been clinically diagnosed with this ourselves, but I know I can speak on just some tendencies I feel like I might have, and also my husband has, and just people in my family, but I don't I don't know what it's like to truly be diagnosed with it, but I still think there's going to be a lot of really great conversation that we can um, talk on this today. Yeah. I think I was, I guess like maybe I was, I don't know, back when I was going to therapy for an eating disorder and kind of working through like, okay, how do you um, use your energy? And when I was trying to get off of the patterns of the eating disorder patterns that I had, like my energy needed to go somewhere. So I never really had the level of anxiety that I had when I had those eating disorder patterns um, because all that's where all of my energy was going. Once I started shifting it away from eating and, you know, obsessing about um, body image and things like that, energy went towards um, anxiety and checking things obsessively. So when I was at my um, therapy sessions about that, they did, I guess, say like, right. Like you're showing signs of this, like, I guess like this is what it is obsessive compulsive. So like, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, but I agree, Shannon. Like, I really don't feel like I hear it like kind of much anywhere, but I also feel like it's so broad because like, I maybe like, I I feel like it's interesting because like, if you go and look at my desk at work, like it, you know, like my pens are not lined up in colors. Like my things aren't specifically organized. Um, so like, I guess organization wise, I'm not main, like really obsessive about that. But then when it comes to, um, making sure all the light switches are off fear of like bad things are happening, you know, when it comes to like the stove, your candle, your curling irons, like anything like that, like I will check them so many times and I can be staring at them and know that they're off something that like I actually started to do like if some people listening have a hard time with like that part of maybe their obsessive compulsive where they just like really um don't trust themselves and second guess themselves I actually started taking pictures on my phone so like I would take a picture of maybe like the patio door that was locked because I knew that in 20 minutes when I was down the road I would second guess it and I would either need to come back or I would just be a wreck the rest of the day. So I would take a picture and if I felt like I needed to go back and look at it, I could go back and look at it and verify that it was kind of locked. So like that was something that maybe helped me get through the really rough parts of it where like I could not go on with my day. Something that I had grown to learn is that the obsessive compulsive kind of really attacked me in two different ways. I know when it's getting bad if I am checking things way more than usual or I cannot get out the door in the morning. So like it just like almost brings me to tears. Like I am checking this darn light switch in the the bathroom 
over and over and over again. And I just cannot seem to get out of that room and, you know, move on to the next one or whatever it is. And I find that that's worse for me when um, I'm under a lot of stress or uh, my mind is elsewhere. Maybe I'm thinking about something that's coming up later in the day, you know, not maybe not something that I'm super excited about maybe something that I'm dreading. Maybe it's just a really big long list for the day that stuff I have to get done. Maybe for whatever reason, whatever, you know, those reasons are, I'm just not there with myself. I'm not being present. I'm thinking about something else. Um, so it attacks me in that way. Um, on the opposite side of that, I can tell when, um, it's kind of less being involved because if I'm having a really good day, if my stress is down, if, you know, whatever those, those good feelings are, I can easily get out of the house without, you know, maybe checking it 10 times like I normally would, um, or staying in the bathroom for about four minutes to check the lights, which whatever it is. Definitely relate to the not being fully present that you were just saying about how we get on this like autopilot we do we go about our day and and especially when we're in a routine of doing the same thing that we always do and then all of a sudden I'll catch myself like did I shut the garage door because my mind was on something else when I did it you know did I put the dogs where they need to be did I like I'll just kind of go through the list in my head after I'm already gone and I feel like for me it doesn't help either because now we live like kind of more out in the country so it's not like it's really quick to run places usually when I'm gone I'm gone for a little while and so that usually makes me even more anxious because I'm like shoot if I did leave something on by accident or if I forgot to shut the garage door now I'm gonna be like 20 30 whatever minutes away from home and I don't know when I'm gonna be home to check it so I have been notorious for turning around and making sure that I did shut the garage door and checking things but I think it's just a matter of like being fully present when you're doing things, don't always go on autopilot so that you don't feel that anxiety like questioning yourself. When I go through like a one week of like, or maybe it's even longer, maybe it's a month. That has not happened, but maybe it's a month for you. Um, but for me, if it's like a couple days or a week and I really feel like, wow, like I'm doing really good with my anxiousness, like I'm honing in on it. Um, I don't, I've been able to get out of the house. I haven't been able to, you know, have fear of, you know, other things outside of the house that I worry about, whatever it is. Um, and then let's say the next day I wake up and it all just feels like it was flushed down the toilet. It's gone. Like I, I have heightened anxiety, all of these things. I thought it was just kind of like, well, I'm back to square one. Why even keep trying? I just mm -hmm. have weeks and then I have bad weeks and it was just so frustrating. And at first I'm like, okay, maybe it has something to do with like my hormone levels, like my menstrual cycle. So I was like trying to like look at it like that, like, okay, it doesn't have anything to do with that. But then what I listened to or read, I can't remember. Um, but what it basically said was when you are doing really well, um, those voices, those anxious, those depressed voices that come up in your head, they don't want you to do good. They want you to rely on them. They want you to listen to them. They want to keep, they want you to keep them in your life, basically. So when you're doing really good, they're in the background, like, don't forget me, like I'm here. So then they, they might get stronger for that day and come back and be like, uh-uh, you need me. I'm here to protect you. Let's go check the light switch. 10,000 times because this is going to make, you know, your house not burn down today, basically, or whatever it is. And they, 
they trick you into feeling like they're there to protect you and they get stronger sometimes when you're doing better. So I've been reminding myself like, okay, this is coming up for me today because I've been doing really good. So then it also kind of puts you back into control to say, you know, nope, I'm, I know what this is. I know what you're trying to do. You are not protecting me. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be louder than you today. I think that you like really talked about some good strategies there. Like even the taking a picture so that, you know, you, you (laughs) recognize that like down the road, this is going to be a triggering point for you. And so what can I do now in this moment to help myself in in that moment? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you've talked about more than like in just this OCD conversation about like being able to talk to the voices in your head as like okay you're not (laughs) you're not doing me a service here Mm -hmm. um and yeah I think that they even like with OCD like they definitely can be there to say things that aren't true and I think that um OCD can definitely I do have a friend that's um with a clinical diagnosis of, of OCD and um you know she's she's so great and so open about it and um one of the things that she always says is how OCD is often not what people think it is it's Mm -hmm. not like oh I you know I have to like obsessively clean things and stuff which it can be for Mm -hmm. some people but like we use OCD as kind of like a slang term. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a little insulting for people that like actually have OCD diagnoses because um, sometimes it's, if you step on a crack with your left foot, if you don't in the yeah. next three paces, step on a crack with your right foot, then your best friend's mom is going to die. Or yeah. it's, you know, <clears throat> feeling like you you need to do things that and if you don't do them then something bad is going to happen like you know you you tap on your forehead or something or you um you know your your breathing is off and if you don't fix it in x amount of seconds then this is going to happen it's just i think that you're right that a lot of ocd is like these voices in your head that are lying to you about what the repercussions of things that are going to happen are Mm-hmm. I think all of the OCD tendencies I have are related to like irrational fears, you know, so I like turning off a light switch. I don't, I guess that doesn't ever make me think of my house will burn on down on usually like my fears are, you know, yes. Like if I did leave my, my flat iron on or my curling iron on or a candle lit, well, even like superstitious stuff too. I feel like they kind of run together where, you know, you're like, oh, if I do this, then I don't know. I, I think about like, like I didn't say goodbye before my, my husband left. Yes. And now all of a sudden I'm worried that like something's going to happen because the one day that we didn't like say goodbye and give mm-hmm. each other a hug and kiss, like, you know what I mean? I, and then my mind, mm-hmm. it's like I get, I get into that worst case scenario mindset and it's just, it's mm-hmm. irrational, but yeah. And the interesting thing with that too, Shannon, is like, I don't know if you got, have you guys like learned at all or like, like read or listened to things about manifesting at all? Not really, but I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I never knew what it was. And I recently had read a lot about manifesting. I do not know why, but it just popped up and I felt like it was super interesting. So I started reading about it and 
I was thinking of it completely wrong. Like, I don't, I guess I don't know what I thought manifesting was, but like what, and I guess like according to this person, what it really is, is like when you are like, just like, I guess like sit wherever you guys are sitting, just like closing your eyes, thinking of something, but like really imagining yourself being there, doing those actions, living it and all of these things. So like, Mm -hmm. it really baffled me because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm manifesting these horrible things Uh every day when I'm thinking about the worst case scenario. I really am. And like, you know, it's been like a lot of people can kind of, I don't know if it's like, you know, you kind of do to a point manifest lives that you want or things that are going to happen. So like now, like that's also kind of like trying to make me think twice about the things that I allow my brain to think because I do not want to be manifesting any of that stuff, but I am constantly thinking about it. So, I mean, if that is, you know, true in any type of way, I'm allowing myself to think about that stuff nonstop. And that's, that's not helpful. I feel like it also goes to show mental health and all the things that encompass mental health there it's not a cookie cutter kind of thing there's so many like you were saying Ashley just because you're somebody that you know turns off your light switches and and checks all of your your burners on your stove and checks them three times or whatever you might not be the kind of person that's got your closet all organized perfect you know my husband is like Mr. Organized and clean and has things very tidy and Mm -hmm. I think that's his kind of OCD tendency and whereas like mine is more just the checking of everything all the time we have different ones you know but Mm -hmm. it is it's not cookie cutter Shannon when you were talking about you just saying that sparked something that Tanner and I were talking about the other night and it kind of really put just like life in general in perspective for me to really you know this is this is why we talk about mental health and this is why we make sure we stay in tune with what our brains are telling us and what we were talking about was you know, like our heart can beat. uh, And that's, you know, something that keeps us alive. But our brains literally control everything the way we talk, you know, moving our legs, that's those are signals from our brain to, you know, move my hand right now or move my leg or, um, you know, start talking or have all these thoughts like, yes, our hearts, you know, keep us alive, like beating, but like, right? Like, I guess, are we thinking of this right? Like our minds control everything that it takes to live. And like that just like, oh gosh, like that almost put me in tears because I'm like, I need to treat my brain the best that I can because it controls everything. Physically, emotionally, yeah, mentally, every, everything is all right there. And that's why it's so complex and, and why there needs to be more awareness about mental health and the things that, you know, there's not enough. I think the hard part is, and we've talked about this, Ashley, is that there's not like a a way to just go in and and get a blood test or get something that specifically says, okay, you have X, Y, and Z, and we're going to give you this Mm -hmm. medicine to fix that. Mm -hmm. That's not what mental health is at all. Unfortunately, you know, any other kind of part of your body, I feel like you can do that, but that's why it's so difficult. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, going back to what you were just saying, Jessica, about like your mental health controlling so much of like your ability to like do or enjoy anything in life, like um, 
you know, my friend that has OCD, like she a lot of times will struggle at work just because she like gets into these spirals where she, you know, is just like fixated on certain things. And it's hard for her to like convince herself that like these, that she's okay. Yeah. You know, and because she like doesn't, she doesn't feel okay. And I, I think that when you know that you're, um, when you're like going to be in a triggering situation, like going, going into that already having like a tool bag, um, like she's just done such an incredible job of like, um, developing strategies that work for her and resourcing people. And um, it's just really cool to see somebody that does have like this big thing that they battle with mental health and just being able to like get a handle on it and also speaking freely about it to help other people with it. Um, but just like, just, you know, going back to the taking a picture of your, your door, like just going with, you know, you're going to be in a triggering situation and just like going in with a tool bag of things that work for you. I think sometimes decreases your chance of having those triggering situations because you feel prepared and then those voices in your head aren't they're quieter you know mm -hmm. because you're not worried as much mm -hmm. that's a really good point hopefully we were able to provide some tools and some ideas that can be helpful mm -hmm. hopefully oh, <laughs> i know <laughs> it's just like gets you thinking and then oh my gosh <laughs> Now I'm gonna go check all my light switches in this room. Yeah. Blow up, blow all my candles. Right, and take take all the pictures and talk back to those voices. Okay. <laughs> thanks, you guys. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Heart and Home Podcast. Find us on Instagram and Facebook, and share with a friend to help us grow our community.